0: Former Congressman John Hostetler on the new border rules under Title 8. Stay tuned. Hey folks, Chuck Holton here. Thanks for watching the Hot Zone. I got a chance to sit down with former Congressman John Hostetler. He's now uh, working for a think tank here in Texas. And uh, he can give you kind of the the straight scoop on what's going on with the new rules and why they're kind of ridiculous. Listen to this. So let's talk about what's happening here with Title 42. Um, Could you just provide a little background on that for somebody that, you know, like my daughter who doesn't follow it, she doesn't have any idea what it is. If you're explaining it to a 10th grader, how do you do do that?
1: Well, when the COVID national uh, emergency was uh, announced in 2020. One of the items that was used with regard to foreign uh, uh, foreigners coming into the United States was Title 42. So we hear a lot about Title 42. It's not actually an immigration policy. It is a public health policy. Mm-hmm. And due to the fact that, uh, that there was a, an international COVID situation, the, the uh, uh, Trump administration, President Trump decided to uh, uh, implement that part of federal statute that that permits the United States government to to, uh, uh, send back individuals that would otherwise possibly come into the United States.
0: How does it differ from Remain in Mexico policy, or was it just the one and the same thing?
1: Well, so Title 42 allows for uh, immediate expulsion of individuals. remain in mexico was specifically for individuals who were seeking asylum in the united states and asylum is that process where an individual uh, steps foot on u.s soil mm-hmm. and they can ask for a sanctuary they can ask for asylum in the united states if, if you're uh, overseas if you're outside of the united states and you want to uh, become a refugee then you you ask for a refugee status mm-hmm. if you're in the united states and wish to become a refugee then you ask for asylum and the, the difference is that with regard to refugees, there are statutory caps. In law, there are caps to the number of individuals who can be given refugee status mm-hmm. in a year's time. There are no caps for asylum. And so once you step foot on U.S. soil, and hence the problem is that, is that the, uh, uh, the migrant industry, you might say, and migrants themselves have learned that if they step foot on U.S. soil, they can actually not try to get away from a border patrol officer, but approach border patrol officers and give themselves up to claim asylum and start a process uh, of uh, an asylum process.
0: Now, the vast majority of these people do not qualify for asylum in any way, shape,
1: or form. Almost 90% are rejected.
0: Mm -hmm. But that's not any kind of deterrent for some reason. It's it's
1: not a deterrent because because right now the... the, uh, well, first of all, the numbers that are coming are large numbers. There is a uh, about a two-year, uh, well, excuse me, about a two million case backlog for the immigration courts. So there are two million individuals who have a case before uh, an immigration uh, judge. They're not all asylum, but they're all, but asylum cases are going to be considered by that immigration judge. So if you've got two million cases, it may be a couple of years before your court date comes up and the the sticking point with that is the individuals come into the United States they uh, they pass what's called a credible fear uh, uh, interview whereby uh, um, an individual uh, uh, someone in the government uh, an interviewer will say they have a credible fear of potential persecution if they are immediately returned to their country then the next step is a notice to appear before an immigration judge and they are given that notice to appear and they were released into the interior. Well, uh, the, the numbers vary depending on the, depending on the various research and studies, but it's about one out of two of these individuals, uh, well, one out of two individuals that are given notices to appear, never show up for their court date right. in the first place. Right. Then you have the situation whereby if the individual is here for 150 days, then they also qualify for work authorization which in many cases, and there have been uh, lots of interviews and and research that has shown that the vast majority of the people that come here and claim asylum are here for economic reasons, actually. And so that's what they they get. They get the prize, if you will, after 150 days, and then that even motivates them more so not to show up for their
0: court date. So in this case, with the uh, ending of Title 42 and If you listen to what the State Department is saying, if you listen to what Alejandro Mayorkas is saying, they seem to be trying very hard to convince migrants that this, this is not the time to come, the border is closed, you cannot get in, and yet the migrants are hearing exactly the opposite. When I go to Mexico, or when I go to Colombia, or I go to Panama, and I talk to these migrants, they are saying exactly the opposite. This is my time to come. And we are coming simply because Joe Biden has opened the door. Why the disconnect?
1: Well, there's a disconnect uh, that could be motivated uh, by all types of uh, desires on the part of the Biden administration to allow more people in here the Biden administration's constituency uh, to force the administration to, to allow more people in here. Uh, the simple fact of the matter is, and, and you hit the nail on the head, the migrants believe that the, the border is open and they are coming. And as a result of their coming, they are overwhelming border patrol uh, agents. And so border patrol agents now are not securing the border. Mm-hmm. Almost all of them will tell you, if they're not political appointees, that, that that they're basically processing individual, processing migrants to come into the United States. They're processing them, they're saving them, they're feeding them, they're uh, transporting them from the border to, uh, mm-hmm. uh, to the border patrol uh, sector uh, offices, Wh- whatever it is, they're not securing the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, the border is not secure. And we know that, uh, for example, that last year there were over a, a million gotaways in the, in the fiscal year, mm-hmm. a million gotaways. Those are individuals that we know got away. We, 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 we didn't encounter them. We didn't, didn't catch them, them. We but we catch them, saw them. But we saw them yeah. by various uh, means of, of gathering intelligence. Right. So a million. So we don't know why they're here. We don't know who they are. Those are the Godaways. And then you have the situation that we are encountering. We are encountering individuals who are on the terrorist watch list, uh, and and so those are the ones we do encounter. Now, once again, you have got a million people that we don't know, and they're likely individuals on the terrorist watch list there too. Right. Uh, so. So that, that's what's happening. There is a tremendous g- disconnect. And that's why you're seeing, I believe, the the rhetoric kind of uh, 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 elevate itself, especially in the Senate, uh, with uh, Sen- Secretary Mayorkas coming forth for the senators and just simply, you know, the, the Secretary Mayorkas is just saying things that that do not... They're not consistent with the reality on the ground.
0: Demonstrably untrue. Yes. Yes. And no possible way that he could not just be—that he doesn't know that he's saying absolutely untrue things. Yeah. It. Yes. It's it's unbelievable. It it, just—it sit there there and sort of smugly declare that the border is under control. Yeah. It's like—and he's been here. He knows. Okay. So, um, just a second. I just wanted to check and make sure. Okay. Um, what will happen when Title 42 expires? Like, they, there's all these people who are making their way through the pipeline on their way north. Uh, the State Department is saying, if you come in irregular means without a appointment through the CBP1 app, you're going to be immediately uh, sent back. Uh, is that actually going to work? Well,
1: that's kind of the idea that, that if an individual does not use the CBP One app, does not uh, request a, a scheduled entrance at, at, a, at a port of entry, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, then then they will be then they will be turned away. We know right now that the CBP One app has been overwhelmed. They're not using it. It is it is not being used, and they're still coming in. And uh, once again, I, I think these are these are this is window dressing this is the administration saying we're putting all these things in place but Mm -hmm. but border patrol doesn't believe they're going to work Uh, texas department of public safety does not believe they're going to work Uh, (coughs) so the this this is going to this is still this is going to uh this is going to continue uh, because uh with with title 42 going away then there is not going to be that authority to immediately expel individuals. Mm-hmm. And so there's the likelihood that individuals who would have been expelled under Title 42 will find a way to get into the interior. Yeah,
0: and that, if they just simply overwhelm the system like yes. that, there's just
1: no way. Well, and, and, they, and they are because uh, just today, there's, there's news that, that individuals are going to be allowed into the interior without being processed, but they'll be given a, a, basically a notice to report to an ICE office. So we talked earlier about the notice to appear before an immigration judge. Well, that's, that's a, uh, uh, that is a trial date that is established in, in the processing at the border, and, and, and the date is for certain in front of an immigration judge. Mm-hmm. This is another step that probably won't be taken by a lot of migrants. They'll say, okay, first you'll go to a, uh, uh, an ICE office, an Immigration Customs Enforcement Office, and then you'll get your notice to appear. Well, mm-hmm. this is just putting in another step, but they're getting—they're basically getting waved through the, the, the right. border here.
0: Yeah, I think that you know when you actually listen to the the rhetoric that Alejandro Mayorkas uses, he's very clear on what they're doing. He's very clear that we are establishing safe and legal pathways. When you establish a pathway, a pathway—the pathway is in, is intended to be used, yes—and it is being used. Yes, it, we're we're facilitating safer. E- more, e- you know, easier migrations so that people don't have to go through the cartels. Where, you know, that doesn't sound like we're making it harder to get here.
1: Right. Well, we they, fewer no, people. Everybody are. is going through the cartels. Mm-hmm. What, what we what this, the U.S. government can do and is doing, is it is providing for a easier way to get into the interior once you, once you step onto U.S. Okay. soil. So, so the cartels still control everything south of the border, mm-hmm. and we've been told by numerous people nobody comes into the united states between the ports of entry that hasn't paid someone in mexico mm-hmm. all of these individuals are paying uh, smugglers who, who then pay cartels uh, to come into the country if they don't have the sufficient amount of money when they get here then they just come into the united states and they become indentured servants for the cartels and so the, we we heard reports today about the amount of money uh, the fact that that everybody is basically outgunned even even border patrol is outgunned mm-hmm. dps is, is is outgunned you have uh, you have the various other states california new mexico arizona they're they 're outgunned, and I use that somewhat loosely, but because they have so much money
0: mm-hmm.
1: they have so much and the reason they have so much money is because now human smuggling now we 're not talking about human trafficking we 're talking, talking about, about human,
0: the cartels have so much money
1: they have so much money. To, because of human smuggling. Now there is more money made by the cartels from human smuggling across the border than there is by drug trafficking across the border.
0: So they're not going to give this up easily?
1: They're not going to, not, not at all, not at all. They're not going to give up the, and, and it's just going to continue to widen. We're hearing of the, the, the cartels making their way into the various stages of the migrants coming across the border in in new ways, ways that, three months ago no one had ever heard of but but these are uh, it sounds terrible these are businessmen this is a business to them they're finding all kinds of very creative ways to make money on the migrants as they come into the the uh, come to the border uh, and then as they cross the border once again if the entire debt isn't paid then then they'll owe uh, when they get here and work
0: Wow you just came from the border security uh, conference mm-hmm. here in yes. El Paso. What's that all about, and uh, is it is it theater or is it actually people actually trying to find ways to make the? Border?
1: Well, the border security expo is uh, uh, an opportunity for uh, in, for uh, companies in the uh, business of providing, especially technology to uh uh department of homeland security for securing the border so there's all kinds of technology uh, mm-hmm. any, everything from firearms to drone technology to we saw a, a, a robot dog wow. uh, uh on, on display there so wow. so everything that that is that can be used in the process of securing the border uh from from vendors that are mm-hmm. serving the uh uh, the Department of Homeland Security's mission at the border were there, and we we got to hear from folks in the in Border Patrol, including uh, Border Patrol Chief Ortiz and others, speak on the situation at the border.
0: How do you feel like Border Patrol? What do you feel like their morale is right now?
1: Well, uh, it's our understanding that the morale is very low. One thing we heard today uh, that we that we've heard over and over again when individuals sign up to secure the border it is a it is a patriotic mission on their part Uh, every one of them wants to secure the United States Mm -hmm. from from any threats from uh, from around the world and and Border Patrol is part of that that's their mission is to secure the border to make that border a reality and in a practical reality that that you know we take we take citizenship and residents in the United States very close to heart and they do too obviously more so than any of us because they're the ones on the front lines securing the border yeah. so and and what they're doing now is they're processing they're processing mm-hmm. they're they're feeding they're doing all they can for this so-called humanitarian mission uh, at the border and and there's nothing in statute that says border patrol is has a humanitarian mission yeah. they're their mission is to secure the border. They're not able to do that. You can just imagine uh, being someone who, who is putting their life on the line, who made the decision to come and work for Border Patrol to secure the United States, especially post-9-11. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to secure the United States. And now they're not on the border.
0: Right. Yeah, they were, they're, they're the welcome wagon. Now, yes. So yes. Yeah, it's too bad. Okay, well, thank you very much, John. Sure. I appreciate it.